Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Starting Your Podcast. I'm Ron Katie, and he is Shane Holcomb. And today, guys, we got a dual episode for you today. We got we're gonna talk about Aston Martin and Ferrari. So I think we're gonna start off with the boys in the emerald, I guess you could say, because their car is pretty much all emerald green, just slapped in paint at this point. It's cool. It's nothing too crazy. I think just looking at it, you could tell like it's just a repeat of last year's livery, which is kind of what most of these liveries are looking like, essentially. So I think that's kind of what the big thing is here with that. Um, And then just kind of speaking to this like driver lineup here, too, right, with this whole like, you know, Alonzo and Stroll, they're back together again. Um it's it'll be interesting to see if like this year they'll actually put the pieces together and not just do well the first four races and then just steadily decline over the course of the season. Like they basically did an exact opposite of what the the McLaren guys did. Like they actually started terrible and did great. Aston started great and did terrible the rest of the way. So I think the biggest question for me with this team is will they be able to be a consistent player in the in the constructor standing because I think that's what I can take away from this. And will Stroll actually prove he's a Formula One driver still? Because he hasn't proven that yet. Like no matter how many times people tell me, like, oh yeah, he got points here, points there, yada yada, this, that, the third, he's not an F1 driver. Like he's on that same tier as Yuki, where it's like it's cool, but like he's not an F1 driver. There's no way. It's just no way at this point. So Shane, I'll throw it over to you now with some of this stuff, you know. What are your thoughts on Aston to kind of begin the year? And do you think they'll actually be consistent instead of start great and be terrible? I think Fernando Alonso wins a race this season. Mm. Coming off, coming out of the gates, just dude, coming firing. out of the gates, firing. Okay, expand on that point. So listen, like Fernando Alonso, he somehow looks younger than he did last year. I don't know what he's doing. You know, no, he's on that workout team regimen. Is. That's what it is. <laughs> the guy is he's getting better with age, which is you know kind of kind of crazy to think about. You know, obviously it's been a, it's been a little bit of a minute since he's won the F one World Championship. You know, but why can't the guy win a race? In my opinion, there's twenty four of them in the calendar season. Uh, you know, he's getting pretty close, and some of them, including the one that I was at in Monaco, that was pretty incredible. The fact that he was a Max Verstappen masterclass away from being on pole position. Uh, for the first time in over a decade in uh in the city where people like to roll the dice. And uh, yeah, listen, I Lance Stroll, people know what I think about Lance Stroll. People know what Rome thinks thinks about Lance Stroll on this podcast. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna be mean to the guy because like he generally seems like he's a very good human being and like I, I commend him for that. Like everything he says is is pretty is you know, he says all the right things. He's not one we can't tell him he's one of the best twenty drivers in the world right now. Like no. There's no way. I, the only reason why he's there results. is because his daddy's there. It's as simple yes. as that. It's exactly. daddy issues. The highest level. I'm going to have to see some more results because I – listen, it's 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 unfortunate because there's drivers out there that I think deserve seats more than Lanstrell. Um, You know, I, I, the first thing I'd, I'd point to is Liam Lawson, but right now it's – he's obviously in the Red Bull family and that would never happen. You know, I, I even think of, you know, going down the line and like in a couple of years, Arthur Leclerc is probably going to be a hot commodity as well. So I don't get why Lance Stroll won't be in this, you know, seat going forward, though, especially if his dad's up to helm. 
But look out for, for Fernando Alonso trying to, you know, prove to the rest of the, the F1 grid in the world that, like, you know, he's still here. And you know, he might be over 40 now, but, like, the guy is still really good with his car driver. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a season where there might be some dominance and even more dominance than Red Bull this year, that, you know, maybe not exactly, you know, 21 race wins, but you've got some type of kind of parity when it comes to some unexpected weekends like we kind of saw in 2021. I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of saw that repeat in, in 2024, room. Yeah, I think that could be a very realistic option, I guess, for him. But I think right now where he's at, I think he's in a good spot. I think when you really look at his career over the course of, like, God knows how many years he's been racing, he's basically the Cal Ripken of Formula 1 at this point in time, like, with the stuff that he's brought to the table. Um, I think he, I think he's in a good spot. I think what's so interesting about Fran Alonso is, like, he's got he's like a cat. He's got, like, nine lives. Like, the dude just has career revival after career revival after career revival like like i just said to you a few minutes ago he's on that tom brady regiment like he just he just he just stays doing great things at such an old age that he could stay in the sport for god knows another like two three years at least at this point because i think that love that he had or, or has for formula one just will never go away until as long as he'll live basically just because He's just one of those guys where he just loves to drive race cars for shoot nine months out of the year. So I think that in itself should be commended into a fact that like, yeah, he might not be the best driver on the grid and he, and he hasn't always been, even though he's won two world titles, like he's almost never been the best driver on the grid. I guess you can say in some cases, but I think with just what he's been able to do over the course of his career. It's pretty decent from a guy like him who's been around the block for decades and decades and i think when you really look at his pedigree it's pretty commendable to say and i think with his with the amount of races he's been in with the amount of podiums he's been in like it's cool it's not like of course it's not like a lewis hamilton a schumacher or son of the words that that's immediate like that's that, there's no way he's going to get to that level but i think we do have to commend him in the sense of like okay he brought this career like he he's 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 had a great career in some sense. That's all I can say right now. But uh, any, do you want to piggyback off that point, or do you have another point you want to? Well, yeah, no, I'll piggyback off the other room. I think Alonzo has almost suffered a little bit from a lack of PR, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, that's fair. People kind of put Valtteri Bottas on like this high standard, and like they they commend him for all of his race wins and podiums, and him this challenging, you know, seasons with his teammate Lewis Hamilton back in his Mercedes days. It's almost like people speak highly of the guy who didn't win any World Driver's Championships and the guy who did. And and guess who was on that grid when, when Alonzo won, you know, two uh, uh, of those Driver's Championships? That was Lewis Hamilton, you know. And you look at, you know, drivers that have come through as well. Sebastian Vettel, you know, four-time World Driver's Champion. Like, he was on that grid as well. So, like, Fernando Alonso wasn't racing against scrubs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think the PR needs to be better around Fernando Alonso. And I think that's why, in some part, he made that Aston Martin move because he's getting more engagements on social media now. You know, I think there's a brand value to Aston Martin. They're, they're a very well-respected, you know, just car dealer, you know, especially when it comes to the UK and across the world. It's, it's a luxury car. 
you know, so it's a, it's almost a perfect fit towards the back end of someone like Fernando Alonso's career that he has something like Aston Martin's kind of right into the sunset. But I love to see him win one more race before he does that. I think I think that's pretty fair too to say. And it's interesting you brought up his brand name as well. I think we I think we should go back to that whole Taylor Swift fake rumors thing. That's what really jumped his stock at that point because you get all of these Swifties and all of like these F1 people just going madness and crazy because with every Swiftie, you're going to get an F1 fan. So I, I think that's just, it just kind of goes hand in hand like peanut butter and jelly at this point in time. I think that's when you, I, that's when you really, really look at it. I think, I think if you want to make this a little bit funny here, um, Swiftie should be thankful for the fact that she's dating a football player and not an F1 driver because you think that football is hard to, hard to learn. You you don't know what you're getting into when it comes to the world of Formula One. Imagine Swifties figuring out why Alonzo, you know, didn't get full position because he missed out by, you know, four hundredths of a second. Like they would yeah. just be they couldn't comprehend that. You know, all the memes about how the European mind can't comprehend, you know, the American highway or whatever. The Swifties couldn't comprehend wheel. They couldn't comprehend F one. You know, so they think they have they have trouble, you know, learning the game of you know, American football. F one's a whole different animal, and uh, uh, I listen. It it would it would be pretty fun. Now I have to admit, if we got a picture or an environment or atmosphere, if Taylor Swift ends up showing up to one of the F one races with her boyfriend Travis Kelsey, who obviously has the stake in Apple, which we talked about a couple of days ago, I that would make for a spectacle. And I almost think that she would kind of lean into it because obviously, oh, yeah. you know, she is she's as much of a pop star as well, and. You know, it, it, I want to engage her brand even further. So, listen, I'd love to see that link up. If you would have told me that it was on your bingo card before this past summer, I would have called you crazy. Um, but, listen, sports it's has seen some weird things, things recently. Things switch on a dime, Shane. I think we can all know that. The Super, Bowl, the Super Bowl had a lot of crazy advertisements talking about, like, the Matrix and, like, aliens coming yeah. up to Earth and whatnot, like, we're somewhat living in a little bit of a, of a matrix kind of makeshift world when it comes to sports right now. Seeing things we never thought we'd see before, but that's that's the fun in it, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you brought out that point too, right? Because we both want to work in sports, right? And in sports, you and I both know just as much as everyone else does, things can change on a dime at any given moment. And we've seen like it was like I'll actually transition into the Lewis stuff now with Ferrari. Because that was one big thing where we looked at that and just kind of just flipped on a dime with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where, like, that's the reason why you watch sports. That's the reason why you love it is because of that sudden switch where you don't really recognize that in the future. And that's why I always say that sports has way more drama than any Avengers movie out there is because it keeps you on the edge of your seat and it's not scripted. The endings aren't scripted. As much as you could say, like, oh, the NFL scripted, they make fun of the scripts, da, 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 all this type of stuff. It's not. We all know it's not. We're just putting on this, like, fake agenda for, like, this, this scripted stuff. Like, it just missed me with that. Like, there, there's no point in that. And I think when you when you really look at it, right, it's just this whole thing of, like, okay, that's cool you have that, but, like, it's not it's not it's not it's not scripted like we let's just put that to bed immediately like i i, I know we're going super off tangent here but i i just gotta i just gotta say that i think that's what that was most important but you know we'll see no i think what is it espn who has that one ad about you know sports is where the unimaginable happens you know and the 
you know, um, impossible becomes reality, I think is their, is their statement and quote. And it's, I really think they put it into good words, you know, and like, that's why so many people are into sport all across, you know, different leagues and whatnot, you know, throughout the world is because it is a distraction from the real life. And it is almost like a thing and a platform where like things that you would never think would happen, happen. Like, like, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating, you know, like Brando Alonzo's being talked about. It's some some crazy things that you would never think could be possible are reality. And that's the great thing about sports. And that's why, you know, there's every single day, there's never a dull moment. You know, that's why the business we want to get into is going to be such a fun time. Yeah, I think I think we could both agree on that. But now I think we'll 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 start to switch over to Ferrari now. I think we exhausted all the Aston Martin points we could get, at, at least at this point in time. They're going to be a cool team in the grid. We'll see if they'll uh, do something in the future. But now with Ferrari, this team is, if it hasn't been more talked about already, this will be the most talked about team the entire season. And it's all because of one man. And that man is Lewis Hamilton. Because he is joining Ferrari at, <laughs> you, you can't see in the pic, uh, video, but Shane was doing a little dance when I said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's going to join Ferrari in 2025. We have a whole episode about that, just breaking down the move what that looks like for Russell and Leclerc and how their mindset will, ch- will change. And yeah, we kind of talked a lot about that. So if you have, if you somehow haven't listened to that, go check that out because it's probably one of at least my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. So go check that out if you haven't already, and then come back to this when you're done, because we're going to talk about Ferrari in depth now. And I know we talked about kind of Leclerc's mindset coming into this year, but we didn't really talk about science. And after that episode, I just I had this aha moment of like, oh my goodness, we haven't, we didn't talk about science and what his mindset is because he's the one giving up his seat for Lewis Hamilton. So he is going to be on the market trying to find a team. And I feel like it's, it's been this whole narrative, especially if you go back to that Lewis Hamilton episode we made. I said like a lot of these drivers, this is a make or break year for them because if you do well, at least in some capacity, all these teams are going to be calling you and your agent and be like, Hey, I want to be, I want you to be a driver for our team. And with all these contracts expiring and with all of this, this, that, and the third, like there's going to be so much more competitive competitiveness, excuse me, on the grid this year. And I think science is going to be right in the middle of that because he proved last year that he can, that he can tussle with some of the best drivers on the grid. If you look at to what Verstappen did, what, what he did with Verstappen at Monza, he led for 15 laps of that race until Verstappen inevitably overtook him and won that race eventually. But and he even won a race in Singapore. How like it's 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 crazy to me that this dude is still trying to prove himself when he already won a race and took 15 laps to the best driver we've seen in the last like five years, I think. So I think when you really like look at it from that perspective. I think he's brought a lot of things to the table. And I think you and I can say that we previously doubted him coming into last year. And I think last year really proved to me that like, okay, he is a solid F1 driver. He's not no like consistent P6, P7, P8 finisher. He is going to fight with the top of the top and he will do whatever it takes to win. And a lot of teams can say that and go, okay, this is the guy I want on my team. So yeah, I think that was, it'll be cool to see what science could do this year. I, I think too, you, you put it, you put it good though, Mike. That's, but isn't that kind of what like has been over science's head throughout his whole career? Is like he's had to prove himself, like yeah. from the day he stepped onto the F one grid, and I think he's responded to that each and every time. You know, when you look at you know his time McLaren, 
you know, if you even look back at his time um, with Tora Rousson and the Red Bull family, you know, the sister team back in, you know, his early days uh, in the sport, you know, like he's had to take moves. Like, you know, he was at Reynolds at one time as well. Like, like he's had an interesting career. He's almost been like this journeyman, even though it hasn't been that many, you know, years from talking about Interval all the time. He's, he's been on many teams. And each team he's gone to, he's made the relationship work, which is something that's very hard to do in the sport. And I think that goes to show you the great personality he is, you know, a great teammate he is alongside to be alongside and be able to work with. You know, I, I, I point back to Charles Leclerc's quote today. I think I saw something about like the fact that, yes, while, you know, he's super excited that Lewis Hamilton's coming in, in 2025, he's embracing 2024 as one last ride with one of his best friends, it seems like, in Carlos Sainz. And when you see what he, you know, what he says and how he acts on social media, why wouldn't you want to be his friend? He seems like an awesome guy. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I, it's hard to root against him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. And I think, like I mentioned before, right, both of us kind of were like, eh, is he going to really be that guy that takes up to the next level coming into last year? But the, the stuff that he did in 2023 just blew my mind from what he was able to do. And he's still a two-time race winner. And I, I guess, like, there's a lot of people that could say they they have one more race than Carl Sainz, but a lot of other drivers can say they can't ha- or, or, they, or they haven't won as many races as Carl Sainz. So I think that's kind of interesting to see from that perspective, too, of like, yeah, he's not like, – like I said about Alonzo, right? Yeah, he's never been the best driver on the grid, but he's still a decent driver, and he will fight with the top of the top to get what he wants. And I think, like I said before, a, a, a team can see that and go, okay, we need that tenacity in that car you're you've you've been proven to us that you're not just some consistent guy who's going to get a p6 p7 p8 like i mentioned before right so i think with science it's just a matter of him really just like we've been saying i know it's it's like a broken record saying on this podcast but take the bull by the horns and go this is his time to just do his thing drive his tail off drive like he's never driven before and i feel like you're going to get it to see a lot of teams come into the fold and be like okay like we can pick you up. We could see the talent that you have and the camaraderie that you bring, the sponsorships that you bring, and maybe we'll create something together. So we'll see. If science, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a little bit of a limb here. If, you know, if, if obviously people who are listening to this can't tell what time to record this app, but you know, it's 11:30 Eastern PM. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not riding on too much energy, but you know, I did just have you know a nice little Gatorade Zero shout out Gatorade. Uh, if they want to sponsor us, you know, that'd be kind of cool. But, you know, listen, I think that Carlos Sainz is a real legitimate shot of getting a top three or top four in the driver's standard this year. Like, I don't think that's fully out of the question yet. So, like, and if he does that, Rome, and if he consistently gets podiums this year, you, you know you know what seat is, is available next year, Rome? And, I'm, and obviously, you throw the Mercedes, obviously, one. But I'm, I'm putting that to the side because I think, there's a team called Red Bull that's going to be calling Carlos Sainz's name in 2025. It's so funny you just said that because I thought of Red Bull as well. I thought of Red Bull the same. It makes exact sense thing. too because that's that's what that's where he grew up. That's that's the developmental team. You know he was he was with. He knows Warner very well. Yeah, you know, and, and like he would almost be like the perfect Robin to Verstappen's Batman. Like, yeah, if, if, for if, sure. If, if those two were together. Red Bull would never lose the constructors. Time. I'm not sure you could say the same thing if Paris is in that seat or someone else. You know, it's God so forbid, Sonoda it's, so, it's so funny you thought of that because I was thinking the exact same thing. 
we're literally like 3,000, 4,000 miles away from each other and we can read each other's minds from that far. Like somebody please tell me how that's possible, first of all, but also like the fact that we're in agreement on a lot of things here, which is kind of awesome to say, I think is pretty cool. But I think just also talking about science too and just what he brings to the table, I think, I don't know, like I've been saying, I kind of like a broken record, but again, a lot of teams might want that from a guy like him. So anyway, we've, we've over-exhausted science at this point. I do want to talk about LeClaire for a little bit while we still have some time left. And, you know, with LeClaire, right, again, it's another, like it's like we talked about in the Lewis episode, right? It's another break, make or break year for him. Like, he needs to prove that he's not just this does, he, driver. Does he, though, Like, I don't know if he, he does. does. He's locked in. He does. He's locked in. No, he does. And let me tell you why. Shane, let me tell you why. Let me tell you all why. Right, all right. He's binned it into the wall so many times in his career. And he's had so many engine failures in his career. And he's had so many crappy leadership skills, not from himself, but like from the team. Like it, it's it's not been a great situation for him. And we, we I, I can't tell you how many times, Shane, we've kept saying on race recaps, we're like, oh, the leadership isn't helping him out. He's in a bad situation. Like I kept saying something was wrong with his mental multiple times. Talk about someone who has good PR. What do you mean? Oh, PR. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. This this, this man is the ultimate like LeClaire fangirl basher on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think we were talking about Ferrari last season. And I, I went on like a rant about how like it was like this propaganda like organization. Oh remember that? that was I was going crazy. I'm I'm trying to remember what race that was after, but I was just fed up with it. I think it was maybe when they, maybe they both DNF'd signs. And yeah, that, it, like, must, it must have been something like that, but. I was, I was furious with yeah. Ferrari. And like, I was like, they are the social media vibes and nothing else. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, they, 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 they brought me back a little bit in with the Hamilton signings. That's, that's super impressive. You know, talking about the greatest of all time coming to a team, convincing that, you know, it was probably really hard for them. Um, but let, let's like if like like you said, Rome. Yeah, like this, this is a constructor who hasn't won the constructors' title in over a decade. Like it's been almost two decades time. since '07. Yes. Almost two decades. <laughs> which means that you know we're almost twenty as well. Which is kind of yeah, scary. so we're almost as old as them not winning a championship, yeah. which is just tells you how crazy yeah. this gets. Like it's yeah. it's unbelievable. My brother. My brother wasn't born when they lost one a championship, and, and Gavin's doing amazing things. Shout out Gavin, but yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. How the mighty have fallen, am I right? <laughs> but I, I, I think that's that thing where, right, when you look at Ferrari, when you look at Leclerc, I think, yeah, I, I, I understand your point that, like, does he really have to prove himself? I mean, he does. I think it's just as simple as that. I think he has to so, prove. This is my question. Sorry to cut you off there, Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Do you think that his fans will start to like kind of disengage a little bit? Like he just could like because like there's only so much you can argue. Yeah, like, 100%, you know, 100%. Like if the cleric goes out and finishes seventh, looks in the driver's championship, that's just not good enough. Like no, I, I'm not. sorry, it's it's it, and, but, but it could happen. Yeah, and that's my exact point. Like like yeah. this guy can either do really bad for you, or really good. Like in 2022, he was P2 in a chant in the in the championship in yeah, a god awful car. This year, he was in a little bit of a better car, and he was in P6. Like, yeah. the discre- I, I, I just don't understand the discrepancy with Leclerc. Like, he needs to just, uh, no pun intended, pick a lane and just choose it at this point. Because, like, 
I don't know. I just feel like there, there's just there, I I I I this dude's just dancing now for some reason. Oh, is this dude singing a boogie a boogie with a hoodie? Of course, he's he's an adopted New Yorker and he's singing a, a boogie with a hoodie. Like he's he's surrounded by like a, a a bunch of New Yorkers in Syracuse, including myself, and this man is still singing a, a boogie with a hoodie. Like, come on, dude. Like what? Like this 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 man's from Pennsylvania and he's singing a boogie with a hoodie. Like, tell me, the starting grid fans, that that does not make sense to you. But anyway, besides that point, Leclaire, it's just. Will he be consistent? It's just the same thing I keep saying over and over again. Consistency is key in Formula One, right? Leclerc needs to be consistent and continue to get podiums and prove why he is a top dog in this in this Formula One game. Because so far to me, he proved, he's proven to me that he hasn't. And yeah, you bring all this talent. You win F3 and F2. You come in flying off of that. But you don't prove to me why you're great in F1. And yeah, that's partly due to Max Verstappen doing his thing, but Leclerc has enough talent to fight with the Max Verstappens, to fight with the Lewis Hamiltons, to fight with all these top guys on the grid on a consistent basis. And he hasn't done that. So this year, I think I'll just say it right now, this year is his last year for me to really just give hope for him. Because if he doesn't do that well this year, I I, I don't know what else to expect. Because I feel like it's just another case of where you're like in baseball all the time right you get those like top prospects that's supposed to be coming in flying here right that come into the fold and be like okay this guy's supposed to be really really good going into the major leagues he goes into the major leagues and he just doesn't do that well and i think when you look at the claire it's going to be that same thing if he doesn't do it this year he has to do it this year and i keep saying on multiple episodes on multiple times this episode it's a make or break year it's a make or break year and he needs to just prove to the F1 world why he is why he can be one of the better drivers on this grid right now. And I think when you really look at this team as a whole, especially with Fred Vasseur, he's been a better leader than I think Benotto is. I think we can all say that. But I think when you look at where Ferrari's at right now, he needs to he needs to be just a, a, a little bit better by Ferrari standards. And I think, especially with like we talked about with Lewis Hamilton coming in 2025, right? I think him and Lewis will work really, really well together and Leclerc, and we'll see how that dynamic happens. But for right now, it's a make or break year for both drivers really to prove why they're the top dogs in this game right now. So any you know, final thoughts, Shane, before we uh, hop out of here on both Aston and Ferrari? Yeah, I guess final thoughts here, Liam, would be like, driving survive, like, can I just say, like, I don't know if it's all the promo or not, but I mean, like, do we just like, like forget that Max Verstappen exists? Like, if that's what they're trying to make it seem like, like I'm sorry, but you can't tell me that the guy who won 21, or, yeah, 21, or maybe 20, 19, I forget the number. I you think it was like 20 or 21, year. something like that. Yeah, one of the races last year. You're telling yeah. me. I think it was. I think it ended up being 19 because obviously Paris yeah, had yeah. maybe one or two, and I forget. See, it's all a blur. You won a lot, and like he has not seen it in any single promo. Any single trailer, you're gonna tell me you can tell the story of the F1 2023 season without Max Verstappen. Like, I'm sorry, but like, just stop. Like, I don't get this Netflix. Like, it's just a bad well, look in my opinion. Well, well, here's here's my rebuttal to that. Right? If Max Verstappen was was winning all these races, that won't be entertaining to people. So throw in the Lando Norris's, okay. throw in that controversy, and you're why? gonna get people hyped up about this whole thing instead of just. Why can't we? Why can't we embrace the greatest? Though that's my question. Like. 
I don't know. I, I think I think we'll still get a lot of Max this year. I think they're just trying to like make it seem that it's like a, dr- a dramatic year with a lot of different things that happen. But as you and I both know, Shane, n- nothing else happened but Max Verstappen killing it and science winning a race in Singapore. Basically, what you could chalk it up to. Max Verstappen. Yeah. You know how like his memes are like, be ready to learn Chinese, but or whatever? Be ready to learn the Dutch. Smash it's coming up again. All all F1 fans out there who are just getting into the sport, I relay that message to you. Get ready to learn that Dutch national anthem because your ears are going to be bleeding by the seventh or eighth race of the year when he's back on that top step of the podium and winning that race. It's just as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Like he's already like Shane's already singing the melody to this thing. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, this is this is what we this is what we come to be as Formula One fans, guys. Like this is this is this is what happens when you're Formula One fans. So, you know how they play like the you know the USA national anthem before like all these like you know big NFL events or whatever. Yeah. It's that's basically F1's anthem now. It's funny because they don't want to see them into as well. I think I saw on their official TikTok there they like they're playing the Dutch national anthem over the F1 theme song. Like the, it was hilarious. No, it was it was funny because they um when they did like the recap the winners thing. They, they like every time Max like lifted the trophy, they did the like starting note of the melody of the anthem just on loop every time he won. That was kind of a really funny part about that whole thing. But um, do you have any more final thoughts on Aston or Ferrari on this one? I know we're going uh, on the same here, but Ferrari, uh, it's time to learn the back of the grid, buddy, for Aston Martin. Okay. The back of the grid is nuts, especially after what they did last year. They're at least a midfield team. Uh, least- I mean, like for more Lance World, but yeah. It's- no, they're they're a midfield team. I think that's pretty. I'm not, end the episode, Rob. Shane's lost his mind. It's almost midnight over there in New York, and he's almost it's, lost his you know, mind. Rome, we should have a segment. You know, it's crazy because we know me, right? Like, I'm like the least, like, like, I'm like the most serious person ever, like, sometimes. I'm like, I've kind of like freed up a little bit recently. No, you freed up a ton. You freed up a ton, especially since the start of the summer. You've been freeing up a ton. You've been firing these takes, I'm man. It's nuts. Me. I'm just doing me. I'm just doing me. Oh my goodness. This guy's officially lost his mind, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we've actually brought there's, up. There's, there's Jekyll and Hyde. There's two moves. <laughs> All right, Rich. Well, Shane's, at, well, Shane's doing this his little thing. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I'll just go ahead and say, you know, with where Aston and Ferrari look right now, right? Aston's just kind of, like I said, Aston's going to be a midfield team. I think we can all say that. And then Ferrari, this is, like I said, make or break year for Science and Leclerc, excuse me, right? They they have to prove why they're top drivers. And I think Science has a better chance of proving that than, than, than Leclerc this year. I think that's, I think, I don't know if that's a hot take to some people, but I think to me it's pretty set in stone. The fact that, you know, with, all this talent that Leclerc has, he needs to prove more than what science has to prove. Because science is just there, not so he won't get fined like Marshawn Lynch would say, but like he's he's just there so he can like fight with the top guys and just be himself. And I feel like Leclerc is so much pressure put on himself that it's hard for him to really go out there and prove why he's one of the top drivers. And I think science is going to have an easier time doing that. And I think he'll be better off for it. And I think he'll be in a better situation for it too next year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I don't know what Shane just put in the chat. I'm not going to. I don't know. It's, this thing has just gone off the rails. I think this is this has been more off the rails than the than the, than the triple episode we did a couple uh, about a week or so ago. Like I don't know what's been going on lately, but anyway, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna wrap it up here. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Starting Gear Podcast. I'm Rome KD. That is Shane Holcomb. You can follow me at Rome KD TV and at Rome Jacob One. You can follow my guy Shane at S Holcomb Five. And we will see you next time for McLaren, Mercedes, and Red Bull re- pre- previews. And then we'll get into our predictions. And then the first race of the season in Bahrain. So get hyped, everybody. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going on a big ride here with 24 races on the calendar. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. And let's just hope our ears don't bleed with the Dutch anthem after the seventh or eighth race. So we'll see you guys next time. Have a great one. Peace.